Love you this morning. You can be seated in classes. God bless you. They go take their way back. Don't forget the Christmas program tonight. Uh, I've torn over this, prayed over this. I feel here's what we need to do for Sunday. Uh, this coming Sunday. I'm going to let you, 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 if you can't make it, you can't make it. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to balance this thing out. We're going to have a 930 service. We're going to have a prayer service. We're going to have a 930 service. We're going to have one service in here. I'm going to preach, and that's going to wind it up. <laughs> Amen. And then we're going to try to get out plenty of time. If you've got to get up and leave, leave. If you don't want to show up, no hard feelings, no problems. Amen. I understand. But I just feel that's the best way to handle this, okay? All right. So God bless you. Uh, like I said, I see expressions on some faces. Uh, you don't have to come if you don't want to. If you want to come, come. Amen. If you've got to leave early, leave early. Everybody's open. Everybody's going to be all right. You're not going to offend nobody. Now, if God jumps on you, well, God. God's bigger than I am. I can't stop him. Who could stop him? Like Peter now. Amen. When they told up about joining up with that bunch of Gentiles, he said, huh, you think you can stop God? <laughs> Hello, you try it. <laughs> so, you know, we're not going to do that. So we're just going to come. And those that can, amen, we come. And we, we won't try to be lengthy. We won't just rush through it. But we'll try to, you know, be reasonable about it. And, and so let God have his way. And again, if you come, you can't. If you can't, I understand. Okay? God bless you. Got a good lesson this morning, haven't we? Amen. God's good to us. He's faithful. He's mighty. And uh, I, I didn't cut the air on. I cut the heat on, but I cut it off. <laughs> so if it's too hot in here, we can cut the air on and set it on about 70. Brother Andrew, if you don't mind. If it gets too cool, we'll bump it up to 71. If it gets too cool for you, make about three laps. Because right now, it's not cool. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. We do love and appreciate you. We try our best to make decisions to uh, accommodate as much as we can. Now, I know, and please don't take this wrong. You can't satisfy carnality. You're never going to do that. And I don't believe that's what we're trying to do, and I don't believe that's what you're trying to do. Amen. But sometimes with the, especially the larger the family gets, the more difficult it becomes to make arrangements and things of that nature. I mean, if you don't have, you know, very large of a family, it's not a big deal. But whenever you got... 50 and 100 that shows up <laughs> that affects about 25 families it's a different ball game and I know amen it affects amen the time to fix it where some people fix theirs in about an hour an hour and a half it takes some 10 hours and three or four days ahead of time when you're making 20 pies and 15 cakes and you cook four or five hounds and turkeys and well anyway <laughs> praise God God's good to us empowered by the Spirit, empowered by the Holy Ghost. There's no greater empowerment than the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has been here before there was ever a mountain, before there's ever a river, before there's ever any creation you see. The Holy Ghost was here. <laughs> the Holy Ghost was there whenever they booted Lucifer out of heaven. Holy Ghost was there when he showed up on earth. The Holy Ghost has always been around. That earnest, that measurement, that down payment of salvation. It's not the fullness, but it's enough. It's enough. It's enough to lead us. It's enough to guide us. It's enough to empower us. Amen. To walk this walk and to live this life. Be the examples that God wants us to be in the world that we're in today. 
you, you'd have to agree, I believe you would agree 100% that, man, we need some examples in the world, in all the fields, in all the areas across our land. Amen. From good churches, good political leaders, good homes, good parents, and the whole works. And nobody can help us, empower us in the world that we're living like the Holy Ghost can help us to be that witness of who? None other but Jesus Christ. None other but a Savior. I mean, he's thankful that a Savior was born. Amen. We're thankful. Amen. In, in a sense, you know, he, he couldn't get past the cross either. He had to go through the cross. But no more than that manger could hold him, the cross couldn't hold him. And neither could, amen, the tomb hold him. And guess what? The heavens is not going to keep him from showing back up either. He's coming. He's coming. We're going to meet him in a moment. A twinkling of eye. In, in, more of, in more of a manner than what we have thus far. I'm glad he showed up here this morning. I'm thankful the Holy Ghost showed up today and moved upon us and helped us along with life and circumstances and situations. God's been good to us. Empowered by the Spirit, our focus verses in Acts 1 and 8. But he shall receive power, notice, after, not before. To, to have power to witness. To have the power to comfort, to guide. It comes through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The writings of Luke. These are the words of none other but Jesus Christ himself. The chief cornerstone. As they're recorded by Luke. After. After. He's talking to them just prior to ascending up. He's instructing the disciples. He's informing them. He's telling them what they must do. What they got to do. Amen. To receive this and to walk in the power of it. And so here we notice. Amen. But he shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And he shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I mean, I mean he's glad for that uttermost part of the earth. <laughs> That's you and I. That's us. And you know what? When the disciples heard this, they didn't quite catch maybe all that Jesus was applying this and his intent of who that the Holy Ghost, the experience of the Holy Ghost was going to reach out to and who is going to touch when he made that statement to the uttermost parts of the earth. Because we see later on with even the Apostle Peter, the, the one that had the keys, the one that showed up to each one of these encounters. It was a must for him to show up. But we, we realized that God had to send him a vision in that 10th chapter of Acts to help him to understand more clearly what God was doing and the work that God was doing, even among what they considered uncommon, unclean people, a people that was an outcast, heathens, dogs. It was not a part of the promise, was not a part of the covenant, was not a part of the hope that the Jews had attained and received through Moses. But now, amen, Jesus Christ was coming. It was written a veil from top to bottom. As the writer in Revelation brings it to our attention that whosoever will, let him come. So, so Joel prophesied, amen. He didn't prophesy that the Spirit of God would be poured out upon just the Jews or just the Hebrews or just a certain, no. The Bible, Joel prophesied that, that he poured out his Spirit upon all flesh. <laughs> That's created in his image and likeness. 
So the promise of the Holy Ghost is for everyone. No one's exempt. It's for everyone. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. It's a promise from God. It's not a promise from man. It's a promise from God himself, Jesus Christ himself. But this is where the power, the comforter, the one that will guide us. And we're going to talk about that. John 14 talks about it. And, and, and so we, we see this is where we find that strength. This is where we find that. What when it moved in here this morning? Amen. It changed the atmosphere. It changed the setting. Change everything. That's the presence of God. He's like the wind. Amen. You can't see it per se, but you can what? Feel and you can see results of the touch of God, the presence of God, and the voice of God. It guides and leads us. And so how true this is, even with the power, it's out of the spirit. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. The power that flows out of us according to the power that worketh within us. Amen. What power we allow to work in. That's the reason it's so important about the word of God and the words that you listen to and what you set before you and what you engage in what you lend your ears to what you set before your eyes which is the windows of your soul that arena is so important amen because all of those things take a part and play a part in, in, in what in the power that worketh within you amen the Proverbs talks about news and a messenger with good tidings that comes from afar but makes the heart merry it lifts the spirit of an individual the Bible talks about about how beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel. Why? They bring in good tidings. They bring in good news. That's really the reason of this season. A Savior was born. That's the good tidings. That's the good news. That, that we've been looking for. Amen. From since Genesis 3.15. That was prophesied five and six, seven hundred years prior. The Messiah, a man, is born. Now we can see revival. And you can look at it. It doesn't matter just about anybody that knew anything about the, the Hebrews and about the Old Testament. Amen. They knew that when he come. Amen. Miracles was going to happen. Blinded eyes are going to be opened. Deaf ears are going to be unstopped. The lame are going to leap. Amen. These things are going to transpire. The dead are going to be raised. The poor are going to receive have the gospel preaching. That's what the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That's what that's all about. The power. The power to do it, to accomplish it, and to achieve it. So our, our, our lesson this morning talks about the truth about God. God empowers God empowers his people that's the reason we don't have to be a counterfeit that's the reason we don't have to try to come up with gimmicks that's the reason we don't have to try to and I want to be careful here because uh, I do believe there's a balance I believe there's some things that you can help to, to promote and encourage Amen to prayer and uh, worship. Some may like put in certain CDs, and some of them it may not be nothing but a saxophone or something like that. And some it may be certain songs that really moves you and touch and helps helps propel you into that area and into that place. But none of these can take the place of the Spirit. They're only used as means and methods and tools to help, help us to arrive or to, uh, to, to get to that place. And sometimes it may just be different the seasons of our lives and where we at, different things. One time it works, one time, you know, next time it may not work. And we look for a different avenue. And then sometimes we just may walk into that prayer room and there it is. Man, there it is. Boy, we love them, don't we? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. We love them things that we don't have to work for. But we appreciate those things we have to work for. 
uh, we appreciate them more. Because we understand what it took to attend that, to receive that. And so God knows. God knows what's best for us. Is he, and, you know, the next thing I feel a lot of times, can God trust us with it? Can God trust us? God loves us. God's intent for us is to make it. Amen. What's heaven going to be like if none of us shows up? He's not impressed so much with what he's created and what he's put in store. It's kind of like the groom, amen. If he didn't have a bride to bring in to, to, to dwell in that home with him, what's all that means? That mean nothing to him. It's, it's the bride and the family that's raised up and the, the things that happens inside that home. Hallelujah. And that companionship and fellowship. That's the reason the devil attacks the homes with so, such a severity. Amen. Because God instituted a family before there was ever a church. There had to be an earthen vessels to have this companionship and fellowship. Cohabitation, if you please. And so that's what this Holy Ghost is all about. That's what we lost in the garden. That's what Adam and Eve, amen. The, the death that took place was a spiritual death. A spiritual separation. Amen. But, but God, even from that moment, time knew. You know the story well enough. Amen. About the skins and about the blood. And, and through that process, through a lamb called Jesus Christ, this fellowship and companionship and, and cohabitation, if you don't mind. Amen. The world's using it a lot. They do a lot of cohabitating. <laughs> Without making vows and commitments and things of that nature. Doesn't make it right, but they're doing it. Most of them want it just for the pleasure part. They don't want the responsibility part, the vows part. That's why a lot of people want God. They want a God that's undemanding. They want a God that doesn't have any boundaries or lines. They want a God that will save them no matter what they're doing, how they're doing, how little they do it. Some believe it to the point they don't have to have a church, they don't have to have a preacher. They didn't get that out of the Bible. They don't want the Bible either, though. Now, they can have it. I, I've known I've known some. Well, I'll just leave that alone. I don't want to dig up something here. So, so, but the importance of the empowered of the Holy Ghost. Though I'll tell you what the Holy Ghost will do for us. It always keep us alert. Always keep us vigilant. Always make sure to keep a check on our hearts. It, it goes beyond just external things. Those are important. But I will tell you something more, something that's more important, more important than the external things. That's in here and what comes out of here. We can dress all this to the T and astound the people with our, our attire. And be a man full of dead man's bones. Have an attitude and a spirit. And what we let slip through here without even checking it. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. It'll help us with this. It'll help us. In fact, the scripture taught it's, it's a lot easier for us to have envy and strive and bitterness and jealousy and walk in the carnal than it is to walk in the spirit and bear the fruits of the Holy Ghost. That's the reason you have to mortify the deeds and the words. Notice what the scripture says about that. We're going to be judged by what? By our works and deeds. Hmm. 
what I allow these hands to participate in. And you know what? Sometimes that can be a simple thing as doing something for, for someone that's not able. For whatever reason. That covers a lot of area. Okay? But that's a form of ministry. To help them and bless them. And that's just as important. Especially at certain seasons and times. As preaching the word of God. God blesses our feet to carry not just the gospel, but the witnessing power of Jesus Christ into circumstances and situations that we would maybe would have rather had avoided. Not to be a part of that. Not to be lured or, or pulled into that. But God needed a vessel with the witnessing power of the Holy Ghost. With a, with a, a balance with a means and ways of bringing in, bringing in real help. Bringing in one that would really help solve the situation, work it out. A mediator. Who's the only mediator between God and man? The man Christ Jesus. Okay? So the man Christ Jesus has ascended up. Who becomes that mediator? Who becomes that mother? Who becomes the hands and the feet and the mouthpiece and the witnessing upon the earth now. We took the place of that mediator. The Bible talks about Paul's writings. that The practice we make right up here. Of you standing in for individuals and we stand in and anoint and laying hands on you. We stand, we stand in the stead of Christ. You stand in the stead of the individual that's in need. And through the combination where two or three agree upon earth is touching one thing. This is how the miraculous and the supernatural takes place. It's acts of faith through Christ Jesus. As witnessings of his power. Of what he can do. We're going to see this in this lesson. The power that flows out of us. The power that you and I are governed or, or that we allow to have an authority in our lives. And, and, and the power that, that rules us is what we give ourselves to, what we yield ourselves unto as servants. I would love a lot of times get, could get the world to understand because they look at just the external things a lot of time at the church, at the way our ladies dress and, and what our men do. Such as keeping clean faces and, you know, we, decent. We try to my, just not to be worldly. And they look at that as though that's, and they, they sometimes they're a little fearful, afraid. But yet, if they could just come and experience the internal part first. The real beauty of the tabernacle wasn't what was on the outside. Badger skins. Things of that nature didn't attract the, 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 uh, all the other nations and people. They probably looked at that and think, my goodness. But if they could ever got a view of the inside, but they couldn't. God didn't allow him. He didn't even allow his own people. It was only certain ones got to view and encounter that. Huh. But they couldn't deny the fact of the presence. Neither could the enemy deny the fact of the power of the box and what that box represented. Even when times they stole the box. And they carried the box and put it in their God's temple. And their God couldn't even stand up in his own temple. Praise God. <laughs> Gatenard could not. Fell down. They propped him. Got him propped all back up. But the next morning, they wasn't enough. They were ready to prop up. <laughs> so here you and I are. As we walk in this world in the witnessing power 
of the Holy Ghost, led by, and it all, it all goes right back to Christ. It's not us. As Paul put it, I am what I am by the grace of God. It's the true grace of God that's working in my life on a daily basis that keeps me, that keeps us. To live this godly life in this ungodly world. Ungodly means the absence of God. And so, without the Holy Ghost, without that measure of the Spirit. Now, this is tough, but it's the truth. We're godless. And I know God works. God blesses. And God honors. And God moves upon vessels. Even vessels that don't claim the Holy Ghost and don't believe and, and preach against it. But by faith, or just God's an old no man. But God performs powerful moves all the time trying to do what? Because there's really only one name you can call on to get miracles and wonders and signs. And if it didn't come by name, it came by the enemy. And it's a facade. It wasn't real. It was a put on. It wasn't genuine. It was just a front. It was just a stage. It was just a play. We'd be shocked at how many pulpits... And platforms, there's nothing but a staging place. All it's the absence of, of course, a lot of them's got the cameras now. <laughs> I fix the absence of the camera, but that's not true in our world. <laughs> and it's a front. It's a put on. But God's got something that's powerful and that's real, that will sustain us. And I don't care how wicked the world we're living in. And the Bible talks about because, hey, we're, we're living in an ungodly world. We're living in a society that's so messed up. If you read your lesson, the writer talks about it. Talks about, even mentions about gender and how there's supposedly here's some tell it a hundred different genders. And they think we're messed up. You know, they think we're off our rocker. You know, but, but what's leading them into that? See, everybody, we, we learned this last week, everybody's led by spirit. You, you're not leading yourself. I'm not leading myself. I'm giving myself to something, either voice of God in truth or to the spirit of error or lust or carnality. Men are drawn away by their own lust. Again, that brings us right back to that dying out and, and, and the, the importance of the Holy Ghost to empower us and help us. Truth of my life, I will seek to be, I will seek to be in what empowered by the Holy Ghost. I'll seek to be empowered by the Holy Ghost. If you watch closely uh, of Paul's writings, even to the Corinth church, this church was messed up spiritually. It was using the gifts and things of this nature with no balance, with no structure, with no order. Everybody had tongues and Everybody was even in from the communion and things of this nature. They was breaking out parties and big suppers. And, and some was even starving to death. And some was even drunk from one extreme to the other. Some, everybody had tongues. And, and that's the reason. And now we get into the world where people don't want to have tongues and that. But, but he says, no, let's get this thing in order by only two of three. And this is a message of tongue for the particular service to operate. And now if we're not careful as the church, we've let it slip away from us. Because we're afraid that somebody may... But you've got to seek for these things. And you've got you to be empowered. But you've got to reach that place that also that God can trust us with it. 
Not only can he trust us with it that we won't get pride and arrogance, but also that we can handle the fiery darts that's going to come our way. You're not going to go untouched. You're not going to go untested. Amen. (laughs) Sometimes some of your own may test you and question you. I know that cat. I can't believe he. If it's of God, it wasn't him anyway. (laughs) Now, I believe the vessel needs to meet some qualifications. I still believe in qualifying and disqualifying. I know we're living in a world today that's thrown a lot of that out the window. But there's still some things that will qualify and disqualify us. It's in the book. I mean, when you read about the bishops and you read about deacons and what Paul set up for the Gentile church and for Timothy and Titus to set up, there's about 18 requirements that they had to pass before they was ever put into position. I can remember a time, and you can remember a time, Certain politicians that try to run for office that had certain things in their baggage, they might as well not run. But we almost living in a world today, the more baggage you've got, the more apt a man to get it. Because, well, I tell you, you know why. <laughs> Misery loves company. Sin loves company. Birds of the same feather flock together. Am I making any sense? And the more that goes on, you'd be shocked in our own courtrooms. Things that used to affect the judgment of a judge and a jury doesn't have the same effect on it today as it once did. Certain lives and lifestyles would, amen, in their minds and heart and spirits say, you know what? I got to question the character of this individual. And if I question the character here, there's a strong possibility that what they're being accused of, they're guilty here. Because they're guilty over here. But now we're living in a world where we want to accept this one. Amen. And so it's hard to judge this one. Same way with Paul's writings about the law. Once you have failed to come short in one, you're guilty of all. Okay, I'm going to move from that. So what, what am I saying here? That's the reason you and I have got to have the Holy Ghost. That's what the Holy Ghost, it empowers us. Man, here's the difference. The world looks look at us a lot of time. Oh, y'all think, here, here's what they say about it. Y'all think y'all so perfect. Y'all think y'all better than everybody else. Y'all think y'all more holy than everybody else. Especially when we start preaching doctrines and apostolic doctrines that would cause them to miss the mark called heaven. You ain't got a right to judge me. I didn't. Not if I gave you the book, I didn't. Not if I taught and preached. It's in the book. God's the one that chose the method. It pleased God by the foolish of preaching to save them that believe. That wasn't just getting the Holy Ghost, but even afterwards. I can't be saved without preaching. I may have been pastor for 27 years, but I still got to have preaching in my life. Got to have somebody, amen, to preach the word and break the bread and and preach to me. And so, the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. Jesus promised, uh, I'm going to use a few scriptures and portions of scriptures to help us uh, to understand some things here this morning uh, as our our Heavenly Father. Uh, Paul's writings again, Abba Father. Born of the Spirit, this is what happened, Abba Father. Amen. We're adopted in, in a sense 
but yet we're born. So in a sense, we're not. We're in a sense a biological son of God in a measure because we're born of his spirit. Just like Jesus Christ was not the son of Joseph. Same mother, James and Jude and others, but not the same dad. The Holy Ghost is what overshadowed Mary. And so God himself fathered this one called Jesus. Because God himself provided a lamb. And so when we look at this, you can go back to Lamentations 5 and 3. I'm going to use a portion of that. Paul, Jeremiah's writings to Israelite. Talking about when we come to a point and place and a condition, we come to this realization. And if, if everybody would come to this place. I started to start out this morning. Amen. I'm going to preach to us like nobody has the Holy Ghost. Nobody has it. Nobody, you know, we, we hadn't experienced it. And so we find ourselves in this type of a condition. If we'll be honest with ourselves. Lamentations 5 and 3. A portion of that says. We are orphans and fatherless. Without the Holy Ghost. Without being born again. We learned that two lessons ago. Man must be born again. To be born again. You've got to be fathered. But we're fatherless. That's what we lost. That companion, that fellowship in the garden. And now, every man, woman, born, girl, it's been born since then. It's born, amen, and shapened by the iniquity of sin. He's born with that falling nature. And so he must be born again to overcome that falling nature. For another law to move in against the law of sin. To even compete with it. To battle and struggle with it. There has to be a birthing of another law. The law of the Spirit called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So, Jose put it this way. He's, he's writing again. He's talking about Asher. Asher, amen, is actually the Assyrians are to be likened unto the arm of flesh. Just trying to bring us up to that particular verse. He says, shall not save us. In other words, the arm of flesh, our own arm, our own abilities. Neither can Assyrian. We, we, we've learned our mistake. We're not going to do this again. That's what he's saying. We will not ride upon horses, which is the second element that Israel was taught prior to that. Not to, not to mount up uh, multitudes of horses and depend on horses for the battle, even though it was a great instrument in battle and helped bring achievement, but it wasn't the horse. Amen. It was, it was the Lord that was going to deliver, going to save us. Neither will we say any more to the works of our own hands, those gods that we created and fashioned and formed. Amen. That's, that's, we still have to be careful today. These are not my works. That's what Jesus Christ told us. He said, these are not my words. They're, not my, they're the Father's. <laughs> Same way with you and I. We don't live this life. We don't live this overcoming life. We don't accomplish the things for God. Laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'm not the healer. I'm just obeying the instructions, instructions of the healer. He's the healer. He's the one that's going to flow through. Amen. By faith through Christ Jesus, these things, this empowerment will transpire. Our lessons on this is what it's talking about. You are our gods, for in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. So we're at that point, we're at that place. Nobody had the Holy Ghost in here this morning. We'd be at that point, place. We've got to find mercy. 
we got to come to the throne. We might find the mercy and direction and, and crying out, lifting up a voice. That's where we get that. Our personal Savior, that's where we get that point in place, calling on his name. That's the reason they wrote unto him, he that calls upon his name, believing, shall be saved. you got to call on his name. Now, now the world has taken that little phrase, and because they can just use that as, as salvation, they have used that, amen, as means and ways, amen, to accomplish that. But you watch this. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, but I could take you all the way to Acts, the 8th chapter. And now, with, with, with Philip going there and revival that they was having. Now watch this. They was baptizing both men and women. They were seeing miracles. They were seeing wonders and signs. They was having devils cast out. Amen. Even to the point, amen, that Simon the, the sorcerer, amen, had reached the place of wanting to be baptized and was baptized in the name of Jesus. But guess what? They still had to attain salvation. Guess what? They weren't in a saved or raptured condition yet. And you think, oh, come on. you got to be kidding. No, it's reptilian. It's there. Amen. Until Peter and John showed up and laid hands on them after they made judgment, after they decided everything's in order and everything's up to God God and up to what happened to them in Jerusalem. Amen. And then they lay hands on them and then they received the Holy Ghost. Amen. And some says, well, they didn't speak in tongues. It doesn't say that. No, but I tell you what, something happened, hadn't happened that Simon wanted to buy it with money. So what else is left? They got the Holy Ghost. So again, we see the emphasis upon receiving power after the baptism. It's a God gift. We ought to want it. We ought to desire it. And once we've attained it, there ought to be something inside of us that says, you know what, I'm going to protect this. Man, this is the most precious thing. And I've ever experienced I've got. I'm, I'm going to obey it. So as we move from that and we begin to go uh, to even John, when you go to John, and there's, there's three or four verses I'm going to look at in John just real quickly. And, and we'll try to move on from that. But you can look at in John here, John the 14th chapter, and it talks about he's going away. And not to be true, if you believe in God, believe also in me. I'm going to prepare a place and we'll come back and receive you. And as he keeps on going through all of that, you can drop down. You start about the 15th verse. Uh, if he loved me, he will do what? You'll keep my commandments. That's, that's a true love. That shows how I'm willing to keep those commandments. I'm willing to obey him. Uh, this is not as hard as we might think it is. It really is not because love, love. This love propels me. This love excites me. This love puts energy in me to love, to love this and, and to fall in love with it. Amen. This is even in the Old Testament. There was a lack of that love of the Israelites for the commandments and the principles and statues that God had laid down. It's what kept getting them in trouble. And so that hadn't changed when we shifted to the New Testament. Testament. Amen. No, we still got to love this and keep his commandments because we love him. We will keep those commandments. And then he goes on, the 16th verse says, and I will pray the Father and the he, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now, now watch this. I'm praying to the Father. He's going to send you a comfort. This comfort is going to abide with you forever. As you go on through this conversation, because our time won't allow me, let me read the next verse, though. Even the spirit of truth, notice that's capitalized. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Unbelievers and the world. And I, I didn't put unbelievers. That'll come. That'll come in a few minutes. Cannot. Because it seemeth him not Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Notice what he's promising them now. Promise the comforter. He's going to come. He's going to dwell. He's going to abide. He's talking about his disciples now. He's speaking to them in this earthen vessel. What's going to transpire? What's going to happen? What's in the future that has not happened yet? 
you drop on down, you go to the 18th verse. And I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. You can drop down through. Time will allow me. I just can't discuss all of it. And I apologize for that. But you can drop down to the 26th verse. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Now we get an insight from the words of Jesus Christ who the comforter is. The comforter is the Holy Ghost. The comforter is the one that's going to come and dwell and abide in us. And it's the Holy Ghost. So whether we use the term Holy Ghost and preach about the Holy Ghost, we're just simply preaching what Jesus Christ instructed his disciples before it ever took place. To receive this power, this witnessing power called the Holy Ghost. Even to the point he breathed on them and told them to receive the Holy Ghost. The breath, there's life in what breath? As long as there's light, there's hope, but there's got to be breath. And same way with the Spirit in us and moves among us. It's that breath. It's that moving of the power of it in our lives that helps us and guides us along the way. So thank God for this comforter. So when you go to Acts 1 and 8, you begin to pick up from there. And you start by the third verse. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Talking about Jesus Christ himself. The 40 days that he spends with them. This is after after a man did the crucifixion. After he died. And after he went through the time. And in the ending of our lesson. is going to talk about that even a little more. In depthness. Amen. In Mark. As he responds unto the disciples. And their lack of faith in believing in him. The struggle they had over the empty tomb that took place. But we'll get to that a little later. To whom. He showed himself alive after his passion by in, in many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days. Speaking of the things pertaining to what? To the kingdom of God. He starts to speak to them more. Amen. About this kingdom. The kingdom that's going to come. The beginning of this kingdom. A kingdom that's going to last forever. A government's going to last forever. And being assembled together with them. Commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. He commanded. That's not an option. It's not multiple choice. It's not if you feel like it. A commandment's a commandment. When you come out of the mouth of Jesus Christ, it's a commandment. It's a commandment from God. Because we know Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. These are the words of God. There's not my words. They're God's words. And so when he commanded, that's not an option. Hmm. You got to tarry. You got to wait in Jerusalem. Because this is where it's going to. But wait for what the promise of the Father. Which saith he, ye shall hear heard of me. That you have heard of me. Now watch this. We've seen the importance of what? Hearing. What we lend our ears to. It's going to make all the difference in the world. we got to hear the word of God. But we got to hear the truth of the word of God. The correct interpretation. Okay? Because there's a lot of them can distort and twist it and turn it. Make it say what they want to. That's how the word of God's written. Because a letter kill it, but spirit gives it life. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. It gives us revelation and insight. Hey, but folks, this is a revelation. God designed this thing. Well, you're just not going to just blunder into it. You're just not going to fall off a cliff one day and wake up and got the Holy Ghost and living for God and saved. No, you, there's something inside you. There's something going to start drawing you called the power of God and the Spirit of God. That draws all men. But by the drawing of the Spirit, there is, a, there is an avenue. There is a channel. There is a gateway. And it's very narrow. Hmm. Straight. And, and, and narrow is the way there. Okay? So all this really begins to line up when you start really putting the dots together. And I hope this don't bore you. Don't be so running so much with Christmas that you're so, when you get here, amen, that you're so wore out. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to wake you up. I make you mad if I have to. Praise God. You're so more important than you get a little rest. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's more important for you to hear the word of God and understand the importance because where the power comes from, because without the absence of the Holy Ghost. Folks, if I could just save myself, if I didn't have to have the Holy Ghost, then I could have saved myself. 
that's what we got to understand. I mean, if, if, if I didn't have to have the Holy Ghost, then I could guide my own self. I could have my own conscience. But my conscience is corrupt. My conscience is callous. I don't have the mind. I don't have the mind of Christ. I can't even get the mind of Christ without the Holy Ghost. To get the mind of Christ, i got to get the Spirit. I can't be led. I can't get the voice. I can't get the Spirit of truth. That's all this work. That's where the power comes from. Now, it's in the earthen vessel. Remember that. That's where the turmoils and the battle comes a lot of times and the struggles of opinions and ideas. <laughs> Checking on Anthony this morning and, and uh, <laughs> the other time she said, well, he's getting a little aggravated. Said, you know, this is telling him this and that and telling him that. And he don't like that. He wants everybody to say the same thing unless I don't want to be confused. I want to know what I'm supposed to do. And boom, that's the way he wants it. And, uh, you know, bottom lines, everybody's got an opinion. He's just got to do his own thing. But he's doing great. She said, in fact, he took that, that recliner and pushed it down by himself. And so, anyway, he's doing good, amen, for what he's doing. So, God's blessing him. But, but anyway, and I told him, I said, we just got to get that, that hard head and it's all head in the right direction. If you'll just do that, he's going to work for him. Amen. We're going to, amen, we're going to let that temper work for him. Hallelujah. And they tell you, you can't. You tell them you can. You get mad about it and say, oh, yes, I can. Man, blow that thing. Blow the top off of that thing. Anyway, hallelujah. But, uh, but God will help us if we'll just let him. And so that's the same way. A lot of it's in the mind. It's in the heart. It's in the, the spirit and the attitude. God, I want to know you. Do you know this is a personal thing? It doesn't, it doesn't really matter if you agree with me or not. Don't, don't let that be the issue. This is what you've got to come in agreement with. Not a man. Now, if the man's preaching this, living this, then you're going to, except to agree, how can they walk together? And so, how can I walk with God except I agree? How can I except I agree what's in this? God didn't have a problem writing it down. He didn't have a problem moving upon holy men, inspiring them to write this down. So we and you and I, listen to what Peter, he's the one that told that. But he also wrote it down. Why? He said, I'm fixing to pass. I'm fixing to leave here. But I'm going to leave something that will stir you up, that reminds you, that will help you. And thank God for this word. And I know, I know, I've heard people, yeah, you can get on them side roads. Well, I don't know if that's from God. I don't know this. That's what the Holy Ghost will do. Holy Ghost will assure you that what you read and what you experience out of here, hey, this, this will work, folks. This will get you out of here. You don't have to worry about all that other. I tell people all the time, if you'll live what this King James Version has given you, if you'll obey yet, study yet, and apply it into your heart, I'm telling you, if this won't get us to heaven, there's no heaven, there's no hell, there's no God, there's nothing. Everything's a myth. But we all know better. Just like what showed up here this morning. We know there is a God and he's alive and he can work. Watch this. It's going right back to our lesson. How do we know that? By the power that worketh through us. By the power, amen, that's in our lives. By the power that he's worked. That's the reason I know he loves me. Not just by the Bible any longer. I know by personal experience, amen, that he loves me. Amen. When I didn't really deserve to be loved, but he loved me anyway. And that love brought me back into counsel. That love brought me back into the place he needs me to be. That's the love of God. That's the love of a Savior. Amen. And so that love's real and genuine. Yes, it's in the Bible. But yet I know more so, amen, by personal personal witness in my own personal life but what God's done and so do you and I we all know this amen because he's kept us and, and helped us along this way we'd all be a bunch of lunatics if it wasn't for God's goodness grace and mercy folks you think you're in bad shape just tell God take his hands off you don't think God's working don't think God love you just tell him, God don't give me another breath don't give me nothing anything come from you God just don't, don't give him no more of it you crazy preacher yeah you're right you'd be crazy doing it <laughs> Because we live and move and have our being by him. By him. 
Okay, I got to rush on here, don't I? So as we go through the scriptures and we notice, for he begins to tell them that they're so much together. Uh, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye shall have heard of, if you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but he shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost many days hence. Now he didn't tell them, he didn't tell them five days, seven days. Now me and you, you and I, we're, we're kind of geared like, well, how many days is that, Jesus? Because you know what? If it's going to be ten days, I'm going to go to Walmart. <laughs> I'm going to go here and there, and I'll show up about the ninth day. I may even push, I may even push early the tenth month. <laughs> but God didn't, get, he didn't do that, did he? He didn't tell them. Now, they knew, they may had an idea because of 50, because of Pentecost, because of Jubilee, because of the Passovers, and because the, the harvest, all that worked together, all that lined up, folks. God does things, but he, he, he can line it up. He don't have no problem witnessing the New Testament or the Old Testament. He doesn't have no problem whatsoever with that. Man, he lines it up. And so we know that's what happened. It took place, most believe, seven to ten days, one of the two. It depends on if you put Jesus in the grave and count those three days or not. And that's how they come up with that. But they do know 50th. So, anyway, there we go. When they therefore come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, what? Wilt thou at this time restore again, what's this, the kingdom of Israel? It's all about kingdom. It's all about the power. It's all about the authority. Amen. Are you going to restore this kingdom at this point in time? Amen. We can go to Matthew 24, and, and we've been on that in our Bible studies, and, and it talks a lot about that. But we're not, we're going to, I don't have time to go into that this morning, so we're just going to kind of bypass that. But we know, we do know, amen, that there's been a, a kingdom that's been appointed. To, and, uh, man, my time's slipping away on me, isn't it? So let's drop down. I want to cover just a few areas here, some things. Uh, uh, first of all, I want to make mention what the writers brought to our attention. Uh, I, will, I, will lay, I will rely upon the Spirit's power to enable me to be God's witness. Uh, we need it today. We need it so important. Watch what he says. The culture around us is godless. And about the only thing assured to generate absolute hatred is a commitment to absolutes. The, the pond in which we fish for new believer is poisoned with all manner of human philosophies, corruption, spiritual confusion. So permeates our society that even something as basic as gender has been twisted until we are told there are over 100 different genders beyond male and female. So this gives you an idea of the pond that you're fishing in, the world that you're competing and, and dealing with. But can I say this with, with love and with kindness? We're also fishing out of a pond. Um, that 90-something percent, there's a survey made that believes they're saved, that believes they're all right with God, and the lifestyles they're living and what they're believing. So you got a greater task not only to, to persuade them they're in an unsaved condition. I'm taking you right back to the beginning of this thing. You and I have to come to a place that I'm fatherless, that I'm godless, that I'm without God in my life, and I've got to get him in my life. And when you get to that place, I'm going to tell you what, you basically got the battle want because when you get to that place and you earnestly and sincerely start crying out and seeking for God guess what he's going to make a way where there seemed to be no way he starts opening up things and, and he may do it in a week or it may take six years or ten years Hallelujah. sometimes it depends on the soil and the individual and sometimes the process is just between you and God amen how you make up in your mind but I'm going to tell you something it's not a time to play around with your soul we're in the end times and I'm telling you nobody knows 
knows what tomorrow holds. A day is a day is a We're taught that out of the scriptures. So, but when we got to get to that place, that you know what? I'm ungodly. I, I, I need God. I need his presence. I need his touch. So when they get to that place, arrive into that place. So it is for us, it is vital that we are, are empowered. It's vital. It's, it's a must. We must. We must be empowered by the Holy Ghost because wherever we go, I don't care if you just if you just jump in the automobile and go to Bendale Feet Store. Uh, you need to make sure. Hey, I don't even own a pair of boot shorts, but if I did, I sure wouldn't wear them to the feed store. Okay, you got the point. Huh. I always think about you know. Well, I'm just going so so. I just put. I always think about, yeah, as soon as I pull out on that road, <laughs> blue lights, red lights, everybody, <laughs> and all these folks with these cameras, <laughs> the devil have two or three there, because he, he wants to steal your witness. Don't tell me your actions don't matter. I'm telling you they do. Don't let, don't let those things get the best of you because this is, what, is this what it's after. Your witness. The power to witness. And you know, and you know this for yourself. You could do a hundred things right. Ten years doing it. And then one, uh-oh. One, one time. And all of that goes in humans' minds. Humans' judgment. I can't change that, and neither can you. But what we can do is practice what we learned last week. For the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. The reason Paul said pray about everything. There's nothing too small not to pray about. There's nothing too big. Pray about it. I don't mean you've got to get to an altar and you've got to spend three hours. and No. But there's, there is a continual prayer and a sensitivity to the voice of God. So you've got to have a prayer life for that to happen. Now, you can't, you can't, you can't be sent to the Holy Ghost and the quickening of the Holy Ghost with a prayerless life. This is where God may get some of us we ain't careful. When we spend... A lot of time and hardly and no time in prayer. That's, that's what's going to get us. That's where God's going to have a leg to stand on. Because it's up to you and I. Chance comes to all. Time is the same for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. And things. That, that time, the season of time, that, that second is the same for everybody. And how we use our time. And the places we go with our time. And the things we encounter with our time. That's what's going to make the difference. There's some that don't ever have any time for God. They work six days a week and they take Sunday as a day of partying and going to other places and doing other things. Cause, but they will see a day. I wish I'd have took some time for God. 
because it's the most important thing. So even here, now what? notice, he's instructing them, you've got to go and wait in an upper room. Now this, this upper room, amen, it's, it's mentioned throughout the scriptures and even in the Old Testament, some chambers and places. It was it's a special place. And, and, and even in our lesson this morning with Tabitha, amen, after the passing, amen, of Dorcas, and then Tabitha, and that's a Hebrew and Greek, and, and it just, uh, her character, those names represented her character of who she was. And she was one that was willing to make garments, amen, for the widows. And, and by her deeds, she was well known in the region and, 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 and uplifted and encouraged because of her faithfulness and willingness to serve. And so they had washed her and put her in that upper chamber. And they sent for Peter to come because he was just, he wasn't that far away. And so they sent to, to bring him and that he would come and pray for her. Why? Because if you read your lesson, just prior to that, a man, he had prayed for a man that was, was, had, had been bound to a bed, was paralyzed for eight years. And God moved as he come through that region. God moved upon him by the same power. And he prayed for him. And immediately, man, he sleeps upon him. He makes up his bed and God heals him. And so this impacts that region, impacts the people. And it even draws them. That's what this power is about. It's not to glorify flesh. It's not even for you and I, especially ministers, to start claiming some healing ministry. We're not the healer. There's only one true healer, folks. Bottom line, only one that paid the price for 39 stripes. There's only one blood, one name that you can call on that can save us, that can heal us. There's only one name. If you're going to get a miracle, it's going to be in the name of Jesus Christ. If you're going to get cleansing, it's going to be in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, that's the reason Paul, you know, he, with, again, go back to that Corinthian church, and he talks about it. He's got any baptized, none of them, just a few set of them. That's what this, it's all about authority, who's taking, who's taking the claim, who's taking the credit. Huh. Folks, there's only one. There's only one. And so here, as this unfolding took place, they send to Peter, to Joppa, and have him to come. And he comes in, and watch this. It's in such a likeness, just like Jesus had done. <laughs> As he comes in and he, he has them, he puts them out. Now, in the scripture, if you read it close, and the Bible says he kneels and prays. And the scripture puts it in a way like he's not even looking at the body. Not even addressing the body. Because he spends a time in prayer. The, scri- the scripture don't tell us if he spent five minutes or five hours. We would like to think five seconds, boom, because that's our nature. You know, that's, that's our desire. Things that we're uncomfortable with, things that we have to struggle with, things that we have to battle for. Amen. The sooner the better. <laughs> if I can just get out of here, if I can just go home. We've heard that about 50, maybe 100 times in the last two or three days. <laughs> I'm just going home. <laughs> he told them Thursday, if y'all ain't doing this surgery today, I'm leaving here and going somebody will. <laughs> I'm telling you, he told them that. <laughs> so, but anyway, <laughs> I'm quiet. I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable. I, I, hey, I'm telling you. But the scripture, we don't know. But then the Bible says he turns and he, he doesn't even pray over he doesn't call the name of Jesus over. He just simply calls her by name. Tabitha, rise. She sets up and looks at him. And 
he offers her the hand. The second time, Peter offers the right hand. Brings and presents her to all of them. See, sometimes we get these preconceived ideas. And certain little dots and certain little crosses. And sometimes it's our own doing. When, when it's all said and done. Listen to what Peter said of the notable miracle that took, gate, that took place at the gate called Beautiful. Not by our righteousness, our goodness, does this man stand whole before you. One thing, faith and faith alone in the name of Jesus. That's the reason some of our children that don't know the plan of salvation can get a move from God and, get, and, and receive miracles. And they claim that as salvation, but it's not because they didn't obey this. And there's the problem. But God honored that because he don't know no, oh, no man. God also honored that trying to woe and pull them to the fullness of this truth. God knows. I can take you to Romans 1. Because they failed to acknowledge him as God when he had revealed himself unto them. He turned them over to lust. If you watch, you watch closely. You watch our denominal world. And we're not exempt. It's coming. And if we don't have this anchored into our minds and hearts and souls and spirit, we're going to be deceived. And we're going to lose the battle. If we don't have a genuine love for this and the life this has instructed us for, we'll be deceived. That's the reason you see in so many churches pop up that's got all the, woo, pray, hallelujah. And they got cheerleaders and they got all this stuff and look like a bunch of Jezebels. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't mean to be hurtful. I'm just telling you like it is. But God's not in it. The word truth is. The spirit of truth is not in it. Now, he may work. And that's God's business. It's God's business to say whosoever will. And God honor and things because he's going to owe no man. But when it comes to salvation, baby, we got a plan right here that's been given to us that we got to abide by. When it comes down to it. So what do you say? That's the importance of being empowered by the Holy Ghost. Got to be empowered. This is how it flows. This is how we keep it in its right perspectives. This is how we keep it in its right order. Even when God performs these things. Do you, do you think what's going to happen in this community when you have four or five notable miracles that takes place? Hmm. When you pull up in that parking lot out there, and there's about 25 cars that beat you here. And they come in here, buddy. And that's where they ought to come. That's what this church is for. Some may come in here that's got limousines. They may take up two parking plots. I may dress with them, you know, $10,000 suits. And we're not going to move over any more for them than we do for the others. God's a room maker, not me, baby. <laughs> he can make room. I mean, if he's going to prepare a place... No, Watch this now. 14th chapter John. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I think he can make one big enough. And if he's going to make one in the heavens and bring it down, I think he can handle the field and everything else that's going to go along with it. And I don't expect him just magically to do that. I think there's a part we got to do. 
I mean, there's a part. We got to plow up. I mean, come on, that farmer, you know, he can just walk out there and say, hey, God, you made me a farmer, so I'm just going to believe. I'm going to speak the word. Hey, man, all these weeds are going to go. All the plows are going to be plowed up and corn's going to come up. We'll see you tomorrow. That's not going to happen, is it? That's the same way with the church. We got our part. We'll do our part. God, God can handle his. That, why? The power. The powers in the Holy Ghost, the powers in the truth and walking in the love of God. It's not about me. It's about him anyway. As he works in our life. Now, I know my time's running out, so, so let's go. Let's go to the end of the, end of the lesson. Uh, uh, I'm going to pass some things, but uh, just it'll be all right. So, Ephesians 3 and 20. Notice, prior to 2021. Paul's writing to the Ephesians, focuses upon the love of God, the love of Christ, the love that he has for us. Okay? That's the reason, hey, God loves us. Now, God doesn't love us at the point where a lot of people has the opinion that God loves me so much, he's just going to overlook my unrighteous and ungodly and rebellious life. Okay? No, God loves us enough to deliver us and be compassionate, long-suffering with us to bring us out of that. Okay? To work with us. God will work with us far, far further than a lot of us work with ourselves. Okay? And, and, but, but notice that. And then when you get to the 20th verse. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Amen. Now when you say unto him by means of or the actions of his power that is of work or that worketh within us. So what's Paul saying to the Ephesians? That's where the Holy Ghost, that power that's within us, that's the Holy Ghost, him. Amen. That measure, he that's in us. Amen. According to the power that worketh within us unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end. Amen. So here we are because when you go back to Mark the 16th chapter, then you go to 17th verse and Jesus' words unto them he tells them, these signs shall follow them that believe. So here we go. I mentioned that earlier and told you that unbelief into his evil hearts of unbelief that caused the Israelites, amen, to die in the wilderness. And so the same thing happens to new believers. The reason new believers don't really receive the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. There's two elements why people don't receive the Holy Ghost. One, amen, the most probably the most prompt one is unbelief. The second one is you don't love him enough. Well, I'm just telling you like it is. Amen. Because if you love me, you're going to keep his commandments. And you've got to fall in love with those commandments. And so, you know, if you believe in the Holy Ghost, but you haven't received the Holy Ghost, I'd work on my love factor. That I just don't really love him enough, amen, to trust him. I'm going to just sell out. Amen. Whatever he wants to do, whenever how he wants to lead me, and how I conduct my life. Because, see, watch this. The scripture says, he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it's sin. And so my real problem is I really don't want to discipline myself to do all those things I ought to know. Especially since I put it on so many others, amen, that they ought to be doing this. I mean, it's real easy to tell somebody how to ride the horse when you sit sitting up in the stadium and watching all of it. I've always, you know, amazed at people, you know, when they're watching them guys boxing and doing, they tell them, get your hands up, get your hands up. And, you know, they sitting there eating potato chips and drinking a Coke. It's easy to say that. I had to tell Anthony, man, I was talking to him, doing around there, and I finally looked at him. I said, Anthony, it'd be a whole lot easier on trade places. And he, I said, you know, I said, all I do is say this and do it. I said, you're probably about to t- ready to look at one of us and say, y'all want to trade places? And we'll see how y'all do. <laughs> Hallelujah. We were just trying to live the thing up, and it, it worked. But anyway, that's, that's a lot of it. You know, well, you get in here and show me. And that's the way a lot of things, well, you get down here and show me. Show me how to do this, you know. That's kind of like the guy that's way up on the thing. Do this, do that, 
Well, get down here and do it. Now watch this. God did. God did. He robed himself in flesh and walked among us. And overcome every temptation. Overcome every trial. Overcome the devil. Overcome death. And so now, all you and I have got to do, as empowered by the Spirit and by the voice of God, he's our example. That's a reason nobody should ever backslide over somebody else backsliding. You had your eyes on the wrong one. He wasn't the one or she wasn't the one that saved you. I know it. All that plays his influence and all that. I understand that. But I will tell you something. If I let an individual cause me to backslide, it's nobody's fault but mine. I can't blame nobody but me. If I, I, if, if I get a bad attitude, really, it's nobody's fault but my own. Because Jesus has never failed me. Jesus has always been good. He's always, even in my mistakes, he didn't leave me. Watch this. God did not leave Israel in the wilderness to themselves. To figure it out by themselves. Now they questioned Moses, I promise you. You can see it. But but Moses had an ear to hear what God had to say and how to lead them. Because sometimes God knows how to lead us. And sometimes we're thinking, man, I I wouldn't have took this way. All these bumps and... Can you imagine Mary? And that little donkey? Come on, Joseph. We complain about our cars. Surely, Joseph, they'd have been a better. Are you sure he said? But you know what? She probably didn't complain at all. She knew why she was how she was. Not trying to be too blunt here. She knew who impregnated her. And that's where you and I got to come. To that point in the Holy Ghost and the experience with God. We know who just moved in. We know who's the master of our hearts and minds and lives. We know who knows all my tomorrows. And he knows that he done promised he wouldn't put more on me than what I can bear. Amen. He already got author and he's planning on being my, God's ideas being my finisher. And that's not in hell and unbelief. But that's being a vessel full of the Holy Ghost. And on that resurrected morning, amen, to leave this world. We know him now. We've been introduced and experienced to power like no other. We've got an experience that's, in one sense, it's unexplainable. We try, as the writer said, joy unspeakable. I'm full of glory. But you really don't know. Until you experience it for yourself. And then you know. Then you know. Let's stand. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. What a beautiful, beautiful presence of the Lord has been with us today. Ministering to the lives and each one of us. You know, God has his own way of blessing and touching and 
working for us and, and among us. And we're all blessed by it. I don't have to be the, the candidate that God healed or that God touched to receive benefits from it. But as you and I are a family and the family of God, as the scripture taught us, we all rejoice together and we all weep together. And uh, But uh, what a presence of the Lord it has been upon us this morning. And we're so thankful for it. And we're thankful for you, amen, to come and be a part of this and responding, amen, and to the Lord and to his touch. And uh, we thank you for it. So let's don't forget service tonight is Christmas program service tonight at 6 o'clock. And uh, invite some, if you haven't got someone in mind, and uh, come and be with us and worship with us. Uh, Wednesday night, Brother Jacob Phillips is going to come and be with us. Wednesday night, Brother Phillips is going to come preach for us. So we're looking forward to that. And then we'll be back on Christmas at 9.30. 9.30, those of you that can make it. Make it. If you can't, we understand. Won't be no hard feelings, I promise you. And uh, God's going to work it all out. We love you. Appreciate you. You just dismiss the fear of the Lord. God bless you.